here with my co-host, Shelly. Hi, Pamela. I'm glad to be here today. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, this, we are going to have so much fun. And I'm also here with a dear friend of mine. Her name is Karen. Hello, and I'm a nice Karen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. You have to just, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a Karen, but I'm a nice Karen. You're not just a nice Karen. You're hilarious. Like, I'm just not a Karen. That is true. I, that's sad that you have to do that with your name now. <laughs> so deserved. It's fine. It's so, so deserved. <laughs> I met Karen I, during the house investigation. Of course, Jeremy Johnson was the main figure that we were trying to get information from. And we had the Krispy Kreme recording that we've already played excerpts from. Right. And not only did the house investigators have that, I mean, the whole state had that because it was released to the public. So not only did we have that, but we really wanted to talk to Jeremy. And Jeremy was represented by, he had his second public defender at that time. And that was a guy that I had worked for for many years, but I was no longer working with that guy. Once I got the house investigation, I was working with the legislators. And so I was not working with his attorney. Okay. And to be able to interview Jeremy, there were a couple of factors. One, they didn't want me interviewing Jeremy because I told you in our last episode how they were kind of like letting me be part of the investigation, but kind of giving me little grunt things yeah, like, like little foo-foo that woman. they thought would be yeah. inconsequential. Yeah. yeah. yeah you and your Yorkers, small money the- and your small town and your small yeah. right away. Yes. Yeah, Love that. yeah. We'll give you little small yeah, little jobs. Small to jobs. Do too. As part of that, I was not allowed to interview Jeremy. In fact, none of the investigators were. The only people that were going to be able to interview Jeremy was the lead attorney, Stephen Reich. Oh, really? Yeah, which I thought was silly because I'm like, what the heck? I've worked with his attorney so long. Right. You'd think they would have me do it. But no, they didn't want me anywhere near it. I wasn't even supposed to talk to that attorney about anything. So I was like, just staying out of that. Okay. I was budding out of that. And that's when I was doing like the computer forensic stuff with the other guy for the IT stuff uh-huh. with the attorney general's computers. We went into that and we'll go into some more of that again. And remember, this is kind of fun. So since we couldn't talk to Jeremy, we were trying to talk to everyone around Jeremy, anyone that we could get information from. So I had been working with like New York, investigators, Chicago investigators, don't flying down to St. George. And we were interviewing everyone we could. Now, remember how they said, hey, Pamela, like you're from Utah. How do you deal with people? Right. And I was like, nice, be nice, nice. be nice. Yep. And then if that doesn't work, then you let them know, hey, we have subpoena power. So we're going to serve you a subpoena. We're going to bonk you on the head. I think they were like, oh, very cute. Kind of pat me on the head. Uh-huh. Like, oh, you little cute little Mormon girl. Uh-huh. That's so sweet. Well, yeah, foo away, little Tinkerbell. Uh We are going to (laughs) go do whatever we want to do. And so they kind of approached people pretty, pretty harsh. And it it didn't work out very well for them because a lot of people were telling them to go pound sand that they didn't want to talk to them. And I get a call from one of the investigators and they say, Pamela, could you help us set up an interview with Jeremy's assistant? Apparently, they were either nervous, and Karen, you're going to have to tell me, they were either nervous to call you or they had called you and not had success. Do you remember? No, they nobody had called. 
Okay. I was the first person that called you. Yeah. That's why I wanted to talk to oh, you. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And here's the other, here's an interesting fact that everyone, I had never seen a defendant do this ever before. When I started the house investigation, there were like these folders of information that had gone to all the legislators from Jeremy Johnson of all the facts of his case of all the, and I had never seen any defendant ever act like this before. Was that Jeremy that did that? He did that for himself or they made him do that? For all I know, Jeremy was doing that. Maybe he had help doing it, but it was Jeremy that created it. It was not like an attorney that created it. And I had never seen anything like it because (laughs) most people that are charged with a bunch of felonies, and he's later charged with 86 felonies. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes, you heard me right. 86 86 felonies. It's crazy. And this is just before all those felonies came down. Okay. Like you hear in the Krispy Kreme recording, you hear, he knows like the feds are coming. They'd taken his money. It was intense. Okay. For me personally, I'd never seen a defendant or someone that was soon to be a defendant in that situation where their response was they wanted to shout from the mountaintops what was happening to them. Okay. Most of my clients want to go sure. run and hide. Go dark. Or stick their head in the sand. Yeah. They go completely dark because... They don't want people to know the facts, right? But in this case, Jeremy was shouting it to everyone so much so they put a gag order on him so he couldn't. Oh, wow. And he sent stuff to the legislators. And part of my job was to go collect things from the legislators. Like they didn't want them to read it or something. It was silly. So I had to go pick up all those packets that Jeremy had prepared. And it was like a very nice looking folder. And it was just the facts of the case. You had to go back and pick up all of them? I went and picked up a whole bunch of them from legislators. Like they, and they were asking, did you read this? Like what? Like, Ooh, we don't want you getting information from this person. Even if it was, were bad information, wouldn't you think you'd want to know? You want to know? We're desperately, yeah, yeah, we're desperately trying to find out what he has to tell us. Yeah, we, yet, we want to know what whatever you do, do don't and read then, it, bury it. That's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then he sends all this information, and then we're like, "Oh, not don't read that." Like it just seemed really peculiar. Wait, so yeah, yeah, I didn't know you so. had to go back. I mean, maybe I've. I mean, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know you had to go back and get everything. Time's out. I don't understand how that would go down. You just go to their office and say, "Hey, this guy gave you some information about his case. We don't want you to have it." <laughs> Like if someone came, I'd be like, why? That even makes me want to read it more. I know it would be too. Was everybody just handing it over? Yeah, but they had already been told long before I got there to give it to me. Okay. Okay. So So their reaction was back then, not in front of you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I didn't have an authentic reaction from them. Okay. I would have had the same reaction you did. Because as soon as you tell people you can't read something, then all we want to do is read that. Oh, yeah. I, I'd have had that thing photocopied and read and highlighted before you even got to my office. <laughs> yes. so like, Here's your copy. Exactly. And I have seven in the back. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, exactly. So I call Karen and I was really nervous to call her because like I say, they were trying to interview Jeremy through his attorney and even though I knew his attorney and I thought he would really want to cooperate, he was refusing to cooperate. Okay. So we were trying to get the information from everyone around him. And what better source than his personal assistant? Okay. And that was Karen. So I was nervous that she would tell me like, hey, go pound sand. I'm not going to talk to you. Okay. Yeah. And you don't know. so I called Karen 
And I was like, immediately like, this is awesome. She's really friendly. Like, this is a, <laughs> this is really cool. Like we're making progress. And Karen agreed to talk with us. Yeah. I didn't Remember have anything. Just call Karen. Yes. Karen, were you afraid when you get this phone call from? No. The, okay. Not at all. Even though the pictures involved. Okay. No, I didn't care because yeah. back then I believed in our system and thought, yeah, let me tell you guys. Okay. Let me show yeah. you. I didn't even want to tell him. I wanted to show him. Oh, okay. Whatever, whatever yeah. you guys have questions, let me show you. He's an amazing guy. He's not, he's not a bad guy. Okay, cool. So right. I wasn't scared. No. So we set up this interview and I really, really wanted to be part of this interview big time. And thankfully they, the New Yorkers let me be part of this. Okay. And we set it up. So I was going down with this Chicago investigator to St. George because we didn't have offices in St. George, right? So Karen suggested that we meet at a house that Jeremy had owned. It's where I did a lot of work. Okay. Uh I spent a lot of time. I took care of all the houses. That one was downtown. It was centrally located. I just thought, yeah, just come over here. Okay. And no one was living in it. Yeah. Right? Nobody lived in it. No. Okay, cool. Yeah. So perfect. So Chicago boy and I... (laughs) fly down there and I'm like so excited like we're finally getting like really close to the source of information at this time Pam had you met Jeremy yet oh no 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 (laughs) I had heard about like you have to know I'd read about Jeremy Johnson every day front page news front page I was absolutely okay oh no no like remember his attorney wouldn't allow us to meet him okay and he wouldn't even allow, I thought for sure he'd be like, yeah, let's just meet with the attorney for the house investigation that Stephen Rice that I told you about. Uh-huh. I thought they'd just be setting that up within days. This was like two months later and Jeremy's second attorney was still refusing to cooperate. Okay. Well, he didn't, he didn't come out and say he was refu- was, wouldn't cooperate. He just wouldn't cooperate. Oh, I love that. <laughs> does, uh-huh. love that. But this is the attorney that you worked with for a long time. Yes. Okay. I knew him very, very well. So you would think that he would cooperate with you and be like, yeah, let me tell you. I thought that too. I thought that too. Weird. But that was not the case. Well, and see that here's where we kind of had, it was kind of combobulated because the attorney I was working with, the New York attorney, Stephen, didn't want me involved at all. I was not allowed because Jeremy was the most important interview we would be doing. Okay. And so I was not allowed to interview him because I remember I'm just a little Tinkerbell peon. Right. <laughs> to hear it this way and to know how it went down just makes me kind of laugh a little bit inside. I know. I didn't it's know too- why. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. So no way would they let any of the investigators be close to Jeremy. It was only going to be like the attorney okay. and the head investigator from New York that would be in that interview. Okay. So this was just us trying to get any information we could since... For two months, we were getting the runaround from Jeremy's second attorney. We don't know. We have no idea whether Jeremy is, if he's pretending that he wants to cooperate and he doesn't. We have no No, idea. No, you don't. And it would make sense to me because every defendant I've ever known does not want to be on the record talking with anyone. Right. They don't want to talk to any of Except that he was the one, Jeremy was the one that was sending out folders of information. Except for that. And see, it's so peculiar that at this point, I'm just trying to put together, like, who would do that? Yeah. Like, what is this? What's going on with what's this, this packet guy? of information about what is all this? I don't understand. Yeah. So this investigator and I show up at the house 
and we, we knock on the door. Cut. Karen's inside, and we're sitting in the living room. And I'm just meeting Karen. I'm excited. She's very friendly, beautiful, fun. Like this is this is going to be great. She's and we're sitting on the couch. Karen's sitting on a chair, like just across from us. And the investigator and I have our notepads out. We're taking meticulous notes of right like we can't wait to hear what karen has to say now before before we get there karen's like i said hey we need to know about the airplanes did he give the attorney generals did he let them fly in his planes because all of those things remember in the last episode we talked about gifts right. and the limits of gifts right like anything it was something like anything that exceeded a hundred dollars right is a violation <laughs> okay so, huh. wow i so didn't know it was a hundred dollars but it's very low for people to give a gift. Okay. And that was in 2010, so it may have been 75. I don't. I think it was below 100 at that time even. So certainly to go on a houseboat that <laughs> is as fancy as Jeremy's houseboat, that is a violation of a gift. To ride in a plane that is a private jet, the fastest jet in the air, right. is certainly a violation. Right. So I had said to Karen prior to, like when we were just on the phone, I said, do you have any knowledge about the houseboat or the airplanes? And Karen just, she just laughs. She's like, yeah, yeah, I have all of that. Yeah. Like I can help you with all of that. So, oh my gosh, like I'm so excited. I can hardly stand it. I cannot wait to do this interview. So we sit down, we start talking with Karen. And as we're talking, Karen keeps looking out the window. Just a few minutes later, in walks the Jeremy Johnson. Oh, <laughs> wow. And I which is normal. Which is normal. Right. He could always yeah. see where I was. I could see where he was. Sure. He was always flying around. Yeah. So he's like, oh, she's yeah. at the greenhouse. I'll go talk to her. Didn't right. He? And so uh, the second Jeremy walks in. Okay, now I've seen this character on the news. Sure. Front page news. I've read about him sure. every day. I am like, oh, I can hardly catch my breath. I'm it's like, like a celebrity. It's almost, it yeah. is. It felt like a celebrity. I need your breath. Can I have my picture with you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like, I want to talk to you so bad. Can I talk to you? Oh my gosh. Like I can hardly breathe, but I know I am not supposed to talk to him. He is number one represented by counsel and I know his attorney and I worked with his attorney for many years and if I violate that rule, he's probably going to kill yes. me. Like, yes, we'll be looking for your body in the desert. Yes. Yes, yes. What was the other investigator thinking when Jeremy Let me tell you in? what they did. Oh. Yeah. They're at like attention with their notepads like, do you know about this? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yep, that too. Yeah, there was a plane, yep. I was there. I was the one... And then all of a sudden they go from notepads like this to pack up like they'd seen a ghost. Oh, you're kidding. Like, they shut everything down. You're... <laughs> Game over. No, it took, it took well, a second to minute. get there. So Jeremy Johnson, and I say Jeremy Johnson because at that time I would never have just called him Jeremy because I knew him as Jeremy Johnson. Sure. Like, I didn't know him well enough to call him any names but his full name. And he walks in. And he goes to the kitchen, he says hi to Karen, says hi to us, and he goes into the kitchen and he grabs a drink, like a Coke or something. And then he just casually, and 
I'm not kidding. It's so weird. It's totally silent. Like, Chicago boy and I are like. <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, let me introduce like, you guys. Like, oh, my gosh. No, yeah, no, no. Don't, 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 don't introduce us. Yeah, I'm like, he's so <laughs> nice. Do you guys want a drink? <laughs> exactly. Why are you so freaking out? Us, I will get killed. Yeah. yeah. Please do not. <laughs> I remember you. Yes, yes. Yes. And so, and then Jeremy goes and sits on the fireplace mantle across from us and just sits down as like the most casual. He's got a shorts on drinking his ever. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. He had shorts on and like just a t shirt. Like, I'm so, I'm on, like almost peeing my pants. I'm so excited. Like, oh my gosh, Jeremy Johnson's right here. And Jeremy's, Karen introduces us. He's like, this is Jeremy Johnson. I'm like, oh, I know who you are. <laughs> like, <laughs> Not to so say I was a stalker, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the media has been stalking him uh-huh, for me. Uh-huh. So seriously, like Chicago boy packed up already. He packed up his stuff immediately, and Jeremy says, "Don't you guys want to talk to me?" <laughs> well, I was like, like, "Well, just talk oh. to him. He'll tell you." And you're yeah. like, "I can't. I can't. I can't." <laughs> and I said, "I can't. I did. I was like, I can't." I'm, I am so sorry. I would, you do have no idea how bad I want to talk to you. Like so bad. I want to, but I cannot, you are represented by council. And if I interview you, he will have me killed. Yes, like, yeah. No way. <laughs> hey, be I honest. Did, do you, that. did you pull your recording out right then? Oh, I wanted to so bad, but I didn't have one because the house investigators, their plan was that we not record anything that we kind of go in twos, like Mormons oh, okay. and the FBI agents. So, or, or Noah and the Ark, if you're any biblical yeah, stories. Yeah, or Noah and the Ark. Animals get on then the Ark, two by two. Yeah. Yep. I was like, oh, I, I, I can't. Your attorney will kill me. And Jeremy's like, oh, well, I'll call him. Well, I know his attorney, and you have to know, I'd worked with him for, like, I think it was about 15 years at this point, pretty closely. Here's what I knew. In 15 years of working for him, anytime I was ever at his office and a client called, the secretaries would always take calls from clients and they were most often in jail calling. Sure. But whether they were in jail or not, they would call and they'd say, can I speak with my attorney? And the secretary would say, oh, hold on. Let me see if he's in. He would be in. He was sitting in his, at his desk and they'd say, hey, would you like to talk to so-and-so? And he'd be like, no. No, tell him I'm in court. And then he, they would tell him, oh, I'm sorry. He's not, he's in court right now. Okay. And that would be the end of it. So when Jeremy says, oh, well, he's I'll like, just don't. call him. Yeah, don't, it's, a, it's all good. I'll just give him a call real quick. It, yeah, he totally did. He's like, yeah, it's not a problem. I'll just call him. I said, yeah. He, he said, if I get permission from him, can, will you interview me? And I was like, oh, yes, but yes, I were will. Were you thinking, Absolutely. Jeremy, when you call him, don't tell him it's Pam. Like, don't bring my name up. Don't tell him it's Pam. I was thinking yeah. that. Yeah, I was no, she that. was Mr. Very... Tell him it was Mr. She Chicago. was like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, I'll give him, like, I think she thought he wouldn't, he wouldn't get on the phone, right? Oh, or she would get a direct line call from him, like, what are you doing, Pamela? Right. Well, what I thought was, not only thought, I knew when he called the office, the secretary would do the same thing I've heard him do for 15 years and say, oh, is he in? Let me see. Nope, he's not in. And the phone was so loud. I don't think Jeremy had it on speaker, but I could hear her through the phone. And Jeremy says, hey, can I talk to my attorney? And she says, hold on a minute. Let me see. And I'm like, ah. Uh, this like, is I done. know yeah. the protocol, isn't it? This is done. And real quick, 
I'm thinking yeah. this is perfect. Like if they're investigators, yeah. they can hear it through the rumor mill, like through like not the rumor mill, yeah. but like that game where you tell one person the next, like or yeah. you can just hear it telephone. straight yeah. telephone. They can hear it straight from yeah. him. Yeah, so I was like, oh, they're gonna yeah. love this. This is fine. He's sitting right here. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just waiting, thinking, like, I'm, like, trying not to laugh because I know he's not going to reach the attorney. And next thing I know, I hear the attorney on the phone. He says, hello. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you've got to be kidding. Like, please don't tell him Jeremy I'm here. Johnson. Tell him I'm not here. I don't <laughs> And Jeremy says, hey, the investigators from the house investigation are here. And I want to talk to them. And his attorney says, nope, nope, you're not going to talk to them. We're not going to do it like this. No, you cannot talk to them. And Jeremy says, why not? I mean, they're right here. Why wouldn't I just talk? He's like, nope, nope, you're not talking yeah, to them. Yeah, but by this point, Chicago's already out in the car, buckled up, ready to go. Exactly. <laughs> that is absolutely true. <laughs> he's not making here. that up. Oh, God. my gosh. <laughs> no, she's not kidding. She's not making that and up And he's up the engine. He literally. Like, uh, get yeah. out here. I think he may have pooped his pants oh. on the way out the door. <laughs> he was, he was like, he I'm not was going to be unemployed. <laughs> right? So it was just me sitting there at this point. Uh -huh. And the second that his attorney answered the phone, then I'm like, oh, I'm in so much trouble. Yeah. I got to get out of here. <laughs> so then I start packing up my notebook, throwing it in my briefcase. And then Jeremy says like, oh, okay. Like, and so he accepts it. And then he hangs up the phone. He's like, well, I guess I can't talk to you guys today. And I said, oh man, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. I really want to talk to you. We have to go. So get this. We flew to St. George for this meeting. And that was the end of the meeting. Instead of saying, Jeremy, Jeremy get your car like, and go home. So we can have yeah, this. You're going to have to go so we can talk to Karen. Yeah. Instead, in the meantime, when Chicago Boy ran out the door, I'm thinking we're going to like reset. We're going to do a reset mm -hmm. and have Jeremy leave and then we'll finish the interview with Karen. And so I say to like, hey, I'm sorry, I got to go. So I'm packing up my notebook, trying to make sure I still have a job and a life when I leave there. <laughs> and, uh, and I turned, I said to Karen, I'll be back. And Karen says, no, you won't. No, you won't. Didn't you say something? Yeah, yeah, I felt bad, but I kind of was like, this is so stupid. Nobody wants to hear the truth of what happened. Like, and I just was like, no, you won't. You guys, everybody says that. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, no, I promise I'll be back. And then I had to go because every well, you were getting pressure left. in the world to get out the door. Yeah. So like, I get outside and Chicago is on the phone with Stephen Reich, the lead attorney. Mm. And they are so pissed off at me because I hadn't left immediately when Chicago left. Oh, okay. But to me, I was like, there wasn't a threat until he answered the phone. Like, he, yeah. Yeah. And we very well could have said, Jeremy, get out of here. And he would have left. Yes. Like, yeah. he's, he didn't care. He just... Right. He just thought he was helping. Well, he just showed up and he was like, oh, I'll just talk to him. And I was like, oh, perfect. And then yeah. that didn't work. So I was in some trouble with the attorney and the team because I had taken so long to get out of the house. And it was like... Then we had to go... Two minutes after Chicago. I know, I know. But I had to go do like this full debriefing on it and like how long did I stay? What did his attorney say? So that we could prepare a statement for his attorney apologizing 
Like it was so silly. So in the meantime, I'm working on this other stuff. And I had to fight for the next two weeks with the team to be able to go back and interview Karen again. You did state, you said, I promise I will. I did. I said, I promise I'll be back. And I don't think she believed me, but I really, really meant it. I know, but did you honestly think that they were going to let you go? I know you're going to do everything in your power to do it, but when you made that promise or like, you're like, no, really, I'm coming back. But when you got in there and then got chewed out by the big attorney and then you had to write this, you know, go through all this, did you think there's no way they're going to let me get down there to her again? Did you ever doubt that? I didn't because it only, to me, it was just common sense. Well, and that's what Why your job was. But you're talking yeah. about a whole team that didn't want you in on any of the interviews anyway. And then you just met Jeremy Johnson, like, <laughs> like the God of it all. You know what I mean? And then they yes. had a, yeah, then they had a flip out. So did you ever oh, doubt that did. you were going, that they would let you come down? Or did you just think, well, of course they're going to let me. You know what? I, I talked hard and fast. Okay. I am, I can be a bit relentless. And what I knew is I was not going to accept no. Okay. I was going to make this happen somehow, some way. Uh-huh. So I get back to Salt Lake, like, like a couple of days later, I get a call from his attorney asking me about a report on another little case that I was finishing up that I'd done with him. Yeah. So I took that report over to the office. And the only thing his attorney said to me when I walked in and saw him, he had got this big smile on his face. And he said, that was you in there, wasn't it? <laughs> And you're like, uh, tell me what the right answer uh, here. <laughs> yep. I said, I just smiled and I was like, yeah, that was me. And he said, I knew it. I knew that was you doing this. Because he's I'm known like, you for 15 years. And if he wants information, you go find it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So I, you know what? I think it was more like three, maybe four weeks before I got permission to go back and talk to Karen again. It was a little bit, wasn't it, Karen? Yeah, because I do remember being like, oh, you really did call me back. And Chicago, I would never have talked to again, just the way he was. Because I remember saying something like, you treat him like he's like contagious or something's wrong with him. You did say that. You did. When you were on the stairs and you're like, I promise. I'm like, why do you guys, if you're doing an investigation, why are you, why does everybody, why are you guys running away? Like he's contagious or he's sick or he's. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good analogy. And I was explaining like, uh, you have to understand, like his lawyer doesn't allow us to talk to him. And if we do that, then I get the whole house investigation team in trouble. Uh, and that's so hard to explain. But I was like, yeah. truly, like Chicago was yelling at me, like, let's go. Like, and I was in trouble and he was on the phone with Stephen Reich, my, the main attorney at that time. Chicago handed me the phone so that Stephen could tell me to get my ass out yeah. of there. Oh, I'll bet. And I'm like, we were outside the house at that point. I'm like, I'm going, I'm going. I bet he didn't call it a happy ass. Like, get your happy no, ass out there. Was, like, get there was not much out. happy about it. And and he had to like take deep breaths to talk to me after that. But I, like, it felt like a like but, a kid that was really in trouble. Yep. But like, as soon as Jeremy was said, no, don't talk to him right now. Jeremy probably just sat on the couch and. Chill. drink his lemonade and we were out like he didn't come try to talk he was like okay i guess i can't talk no no he didn't try to talk at all he didn't it wasn't like jeremy was chasing me down going wait let me give you information yeah, yeah. and i'm plugging my ears like no please don't <laughs> tell me anything <laughs> that did not happen <laughs> so then a few weeks later i beg and beg and beg and i it got to the point where to me it felt like they decided okay 
she doesn't have information that's going to help us. So I guess we'll let you talk to her. (laughs) And so I brought Rich with me, who was the attorney that I brought in to be my, to assist on the investigation, Mr. Mr. Smarty Pants. And so then I call Karen again and I ask if we can interview her again. Like, can we talk to you? She said, oh, I didn't think I'd ever hear from you guys. Like, she said, but when you promised, I believed, I think you said that, yeah, like, yeah. when you promised me, I believed you, yeah. that you would come back. Because you turned around, you walked and you turned around and you said, I promise I will. And I was getting scared that they weren't going to let me because I had made that promise. And so I was like, crap, like, I do take my promises very seriously. So sure. that was causing me some stress. So now it's like the end of November. And we're a few months into the investigation and Rich and I get down to St. George. Again, we don't have an office, so we arrange. We don't dare meet at that house again because Jeremy (laughs) might show up. It's his house. (laughs) So um, it's one of his houses. But anyway, I said, is there a library or something we can meet in? And Karen said, yeah, there's Santa Clara Library. So we agreed to meet there. And I turned off my location so Jeremy couldn't see where I was. like okay jeremy no yeah, we were absolutely not gonna like, do that incognito. again yeah so we go to the library and at this point karen does not trust trust us at all <laughs> and she was like okay look are you guys recording this because remember she was working for jeremy johnson who the reason he's famous was for recording everything senators and attorney generals and so so she's absolutely confident we're recording this. Sure. And then I start thinking, crap, should I be recording this? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, and, and I'm like, wait, I don't even, I don't, like, I, maybe we should check you. Karen, are you recording no, yeah, this? We, like, our level, it was so hilarious. I like, remember Rich like, pulling out his pens from his pocket. Yes. He's like, no, see, see, like. They're, they're just like, pens. Literally. We were letting her examine pens and like, here, look at everything we have. Oh my god! But gosh. then you guys are like, are you? I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't know. I know. Like by this time, everyone was so careful and cautious. And Karen's going through, showing us. Well, all I kinds just said like, things. what pond? You, you did. tell me which you pond. Said, what pond do you want to fish in? Yeah. And I'll and I had my computer and I'll open up my computer and whatever. You, where do you want to fish? And Karen had everything you can imagine. And here's what's. Here's what's really funny to me. People often will underestimate like someone's assistant uh-huh. or some, because they're like, oh, they're just the assistant oh, as yeah. if just the oh, assistant. yeah. And that is the biggest mistake, mistake ever. Ever. You want to know who ever. runs a school? Custodians know all that's going on and so does your head secretary. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and my job Shelly. was to just keep up with Jeremy. And so I had to. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, he went a million miles an hour. So it was like I had to book tickets and yeah mm-hmm. he didn't mm-hmm. care to meet with people that wanted to meet with right. him or borrow things yeah <laughs> yeah jeremy <laughs> borrow houseboats and stuff like that jets and jets. Mm-hmm. it's a soccer game yeah and jeremy had wow. the at that time he had not at the time we were doing the investigation the government had seized it all prior to that he had a few airplanes a few helicopters like one of the planes was a Citation 10, which at the time was the fastest plane in the air. Wow. Like, wow. Amazing stuff. Amazing. So we're going through like, okay, did the attorney general or generals, either of that, did they fly on the planes? We're going through all of that, all of that. 
and we're getting a lot of information. Well, you would ask something like that. And I was like, yeah, he did. And I remember saying to you, like, like I could look in the emails to find the emails of when he had asked to use the jet. Yeah. And then uh-huh. there's also a program called Flight Aware that the pilots had to record their mm-hmm. flight plan. So it would show. Yeah. So it was like no big deal. Like, oh, yeah, right here and right here. Yeah. But it was a big deal to us. She's showing us notes that she has. And some of the notes were straight from Jeremy. Okay. And I mean, it was freezing in this room. Do you remember how cold that room? Yeah. I was so cold. Yeah. I'm like, like, and, but we're so desperate to get this information. I'm like, I'm sorry, it's cold. Please keep talking to us. Yeah. <laughs> Please keep giving us. And, put on a coat. And we're getting some, yeah, yeah. Put on the coat and gloves. Like, this is important. And we're getting some really big information. And then kind of as a, kind of a side note almost, Karen says, oh, here's some notes that Jeremy had. And I read these notes and it says that his attorney, Travis Marker, met with John Swallow, the attorney general. And Jeremy had a number of attorneys. This was one of the, his attorneys at the time. Well, you okay. can imagine when you have millions, you have a lot of attorneys for different things. Sure. And in these notes, it says Travis Marker met with John Swallow and asks for $120,000 to make the charges go away. No, wait. And- wait, wait, wait. Who had these notes? I did. You had them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Karen says, here, look, you know, go ahead and look through these notes. So I look through the notes and I'm like, I see that. And I'm surprised saliva didn't start drooling out of my (laughs) mouth. Like, oh my gosh, are you freaking kidding me? What did I just stumble onto Uh here? What? Yeah. And then I think, well, you know what? I've been in defense work for 20 something years. Here's what I know. People think all the time. Defendants say all the time, like, my lawyer told me this, and uh, like he said I could get out if this happens. Right. And then when when I, I'm like, no, I don't think he ever said that. And then I dig into it, and that never is how it really is. Wow. I see these notes that Travis Marker, Jeremy's attorney, says that he met with John Swallow, and that Swallow asks for 120000 to make his charges go away. And I said, Karen, who wrote this? Where did this come from? And she says, they're Jeremy's notes. And so I'm like, well, do you know Travis Marker? Like, okay, I'm, stop. Like, this is ca- who is Travis Marker? This He's is an person- attorney. An attorney for us. For, for Jeremy. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. For Jeremy. And he was living in St. George. Okay. And so that's why I started asking Karen, does he live down here? Do you know him? How do I get a hold of him? And, and I think you actually gave us his phone number. I did. I was you? like, here. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Yeah. He's a family man. He's from St. George. Or he lives in St. George. Yeah, give him a call. Here's his number. Because one thing Jeremy did say after I, he saw me meeting with these guys, uh-huh. he's like, yeah. yeah, tell them the truth. I don't care. Tell yeah. them, I'll, just tell them the truth. So I was like, nobody said, don't let him call attorneys or anybody. So I'm like, yeah, here's yeah. Travis's number. Okay. Okay. Was Chicago back in here with you again? Or was it just you? Oh, no, no, no. Chicago? Karen wouldn't meet with okay. Chicago. I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't. Okay. I had brought Rich with me. Oh, that's right. And Thank you. Sorry. So Rich and I step out and we are, Rich was actually supposed to catch a flight back. Oh crap. Like we can't get this done in time. And it was the day before Thanksgiving. And you know how, like when you get to a holiday, people oh, wind down, yeah, people aren't yeah. really, like, not don't really call working. Me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So I was really worried that Travis wouldn't be around. Mm-hmm. I called the chairman of the investigative committee, the legislator okay. himself and said, 
Now, Mr. Chairman, this is we have this lead and Rich is supposed to jump on a plane within an hour. But if if I take him to the airport right now, he can't be with me to do this interview. I said, hey, you know what? Like people say stuff all the time where they think their attorney tell they they think it's better news than it really is. Jeremy may have totally under misunderstood. And I really thought he misunderstood. Yeah, I do remember you going like, maybe, maybe not. You know, he probably thought he heard that, but that doesn't mean that they really heard it. Okay. So the chairman, I said, so we'd have to change Rich's flight. He said, no, that's a good idea. You need to do it. Okay. So Rich and I were still sitting in the parking lot of the library when I put my phone on speaker and I called Travis Marker to say, Hey, I just met with Karen, Uh Jeremy's assistant, and I saw these notes that Jeremy had. And in his notes, it said that you had met with John Swallow and that John asked for $120,000 to make Jeremy's charges go away. Is that true? I'm thinking, I'm totally expecting him to say, no, 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 that never happened. Yeah. Yeah. And instead, instead he says, who is going to hear this? What? Oh, hey, I am so sorry to do this, but you're going to have to check out next week's episode to hear what Travis said when we met with him and how that played out and what happened to Rich and I because of it. You won't believe what happened. Thanks for listening to Pamela Private Eye. (laughs) 